This is the Washington Indivisible Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cox. For this year's election, while many of us will be focused on school board and local races here in Washington, there are also some other critical elections happening across the country where we can make an impact. The program Postcards to Swing States, part of the Progressive Turnout Project, is focusing on two states this year, the legislative race in Virginia and the governor's race in Kentucky. And I will mention right here at the top that if you want to get involved, you can head to turnoutpack.org slash postcards. Here to tell us more about this is our friend, director of Postcards to Swing States, Reed McCollum. Hey, Reed, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. It's great to be back on the pod. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we were just remarking, I think this is your third or fourth time here, and certainly more to come. Uh, We have a lot to discuss. Certainly next year uh, is when things are really going to ramp up. But I do want to talk about some of the work that you're doing with Postcards uh, this year. And I'll just ask you, before we get into each of the races that I mentioned in the introduction, just generally speaking for folks, how do you determine which races you're going to focus on for each election cycle? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. In an odd year like this year, there are very few states that have large elections. Um, there's only three go- uh, three governor's races this year. And then, like you mentioned, the Virginia state legislature. So we, we focus mostly on general elections. And then in an even year like next year, it really is as wide as possible. All the swing states, all the key Senate races, all the key House races, and as far um, as, as, as wide of a program as we can do with the budget that we have is kind of what we aim for in, uh, in the even years. And that's what we'll be doing next year. Well, as I say, we'll be talking about that in just a little bit. But let's just start with the two races you're going to be focusing on for 2023. So first, Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir is running for re-election. Uh, I think a lot of people were surprised that Kentucky uh, elected a Democrat as their governor. So just talk about why it's important for Bashir to hang on to this seat. Yeah, well, I mean, as, as people know, uh, there's paralysis and dysfunction at the federal level. So until we're able to sort of take back um, the reins of power next year, everything that's important is happening at the state um, level to defend people's rights from Republicans taking more of our rights away um, to passing progressive legislation where we have more control. So in Kentucky, it's it's preventing the Republicans from doing more harm. Um, and it's so important um, to reelect Governor Bashir for that reason in, in Kentucky. Absolutely. I mean, you see these states where you have a Republican trifecta, and that is where some of the, the, the bad acting is really coming from. And so having the bulwark of, of Bashir in a state like that, I think, is really, really um, important. Uh, talk a little bit about the messaging uh, for voters with these particular postcards. Yeah, so the, uh, the messages that we use are what is most effective at rallying Democrats to vote. So we always send our postcards to people that are extremely likely to support Democrats when they vote. And then we send messages that are focused on the voting process and that rely on the data that we've tested and other organizations have tested about what's most effective, which ends up being a nonpartisan message focused on voting, not because we have to legally, but because it just honestly is the most effective way to get people that are likely to support Democrats to the polls um, based on all the data. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, so then the message would be the same for the Virginia race. And I think a lot of people are at least glancingly familiar with the House of Delegates there, uh, particularly after the the control of that body came down to a coin flip in 2017. It has been under Republican control since 2021. Democrats control the state Senate. Uh, I'll just ask you why it is important for Democrats to regain power in the House of Delegates there and also for them to to keep the state Senate. I figure it's a lot of the same reasons as Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is a lot of the same reasons. I mean, having, um, if we're able to have 
Democratic control of both chambers of the state legislature in Virginia, even with a Republican governor, um, we can get more done. And, you know, obviously it, it's one step closer towards having a trifecta. We want to have both um, chambers of the legislature and Democrats control once we're able to, to get a Democrat back in the governor's mansion in Virginia as well. Yeah, and I, it's my understanding that Governor uh, Gwen Youngkin is going to try to put forth uh, an abortion ban bill in Virginia. And so, of course, having control, having Democrats control the two uh, legislative bodies, crucial there. Um, you know, you and I have talked uh, in our previous discussions a lot about metrics and uh, the effectiveness of postcards. And I, I'm excited to announce that you've recently published some results, first with your 2022 Pennsylvania primary campaign. So I wonder if you can just share with us a few key takeaways uh, of how postcards are actually working here. Yeah, we had some very exciting results uh, from last year. So the Pennsylvania primary program that we did in partnership with Anachink Osorio to test several different message frameworks had great results. We found that a race-class narrative messaging framework combined with a social presaging message was the most effective. So it's fine if a lot of listeners don't understand what all of that means, but we've tested many, many messages, and we found that the postcards were not only effective at boosting turnout in the Pennsylvania primary, but we're actually about to publish results that prove that the folks that we got to vote in the primary were more likely to vote in the general election as a result of that primary program. Um, and that's an exciting finding that, that matches something that we've tested um, in the last midterm cycle in 2018. And, you know, I don't want to push you too hard on this because I know you haven't published those uh, data results from last year's midterm. But are there any more uh, top line uh, results on that data that you can share with us right now? Yeah, we are in the process of putting together the final publication of our uh, results from the general election last fall, the large experiment that we did with postcards for the Senate races across six states. Um, and we found that those postcards added almost 10,000 votes and then extrapolating to the rest of the postcards that folks wrote for the fall with us that weren't part of the program, um, best estimate is that our postcards, um, we did about 10 million postcards total for November in the Georgia um, election, added a, a rough estimate of about 15,000 additional votes. Um, so they were they worked. We know postcards are effective. Um, testing them in the midterm is sort of the best, um, the best way to really be able to gauge sort of the effectiveness um, then, you know, it's it, it's it's different than sort of a presidential election or in a primary. Yeah. So being able to test messages and um, get an understanding of what works in a midterm environment is really helpful from a data perspective. Absolutely. I mean, all of this stuff is happening in real time and it's so interesting and uh, I think very useful for you know folks, folks on the ground to be able to understand what is really uh, connecting with uh, voters at scale, particularly the way that you're doing. I mean, you said 10.1 million postcards, and that's not even touching on, uh, I believe it is, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's, it's something like 42, 43 million postcards you've sent out since the founding of postcards? Yeah, we've done, volunteers now have done over 42 million postcards since 2020, and it's, it's hundreds of thousands of people um, that have participated. We don't know the exact number because many who order, as we all know, distribute to, to a whole group or friends. Um, but it's it's in the hundreds of thousands of people in every you know in every state, Puerto Rico territories. <laughs> 
This is amazing. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to ask you about something that really popped out on me when I was preparing for this uh, on on the website. Uh, it says that of the uh, the additional votes that have been driven through this, and uh, you, the number that you said was ten thousand. Uh, I've seen it, you know, on on the website, uh, anywhere from twenty thousand to sixty thousand. But these are the sorts of things that can absolutely swing elections, as we've seen. And uh, it notes that the cost per additional vote was only seventeen dollars. Can you talk about that a little bit? Well, you know, the postcodes are extremely cost effective because we have just great volunteers that really provide the, the stamp. So, you know, we know political mail um, has diminishing returns when campaigns send out flyer after flyer of the polished, glossy, fancy mailings. You know, having a handwritten message from a real human being does resonate and it resonates in a different way. But a lot of what makes them so cost effective is that the the generous folks sort of donating their time often also uh, donate the postage stamps. And, you know, for us, printing postcards um, for the programs, we provide them for free, you know, costs less than, um, you know, a big fancy, you know, political mailer that you might get from a campaign as well. So it ends up being really cost effective. Yeah, it's quite remarkable. I mean, that number really just popped out at me. Uh, I also want to mention that you launched what you're calling a neighborhood letters program. This is in Virginia in 2021. Uh, What can you tell us about that? Yeah, we did a program in 2021 in Virginia, and we measured that, and we just measured it across seven states, and we're going to publish those results as well. So neighborhood letters is similar to what, you know, local Democratic volunteers have done for decades, sort of on the ground in their own communities, where they basically write a letter and print it off and deliver it to democratic households in their own community and just stick it on the doors instead of knocking the door and trying to have a a face-to-face conversation. So that's what Neighborhood Letters is. Um, We provide a template to volunteers that they can personalize. Uh, They print it off at home copies. We send them a walk list of likely Democrats in their exact neighborhood, and then they just walk around as they have time ahead of the election and stick it on the doors. So Um, The findings from that are also encouraging, especially with um, certain subgroups that we really care about. Um, Younger voters, they were more effective with, urban voters, um, and people that are less likely to to vote than diehard sort of, you know, folks that are are extremely likely to turn out. They were more effective with with those groups. Um, So I think it'll take more testing and another program to to really sort of confirm that we know it's as effective as something like postcards or, or a lot of the tried and true tactics that campaigns rely on. Well, you do say on the website that uh, you're estimated that it drove turnout up to 1.1%, which again, these sorts of, of very close races, things like that can be very, very decisive. Um, you know, you've touched on this already, uh, but I'll just ask you to summarize for me or, or even just offer a little bit of extra insight. Generally speaking, what do you think it is about a potential voter receiving a handwritten postcard or a letter in, in that case that, that, that actually seems to work? Well, I think a, a part of it is the fact, like we said before, that if it's handwritten or if it's just different in any way than sort of the sixth glossy mailing from a campaign, you know, uh, it, it, it resonates sort of just because it's different in some way. So I think the, you know, uh, political mail commercials, text messages, really all of it's proven to be effective, but everything has diminishing returns, especially if it's more of the same thing. And as we head into next year, you know, that's a that's a really big theme is we want every vote, I want every likely Democratic voter across the country that's in any way, shape or form in a competitive district to get at least one handwritten postcard with one of our messages. 
um, because they're going to get a bunch of everything else. But we know that it's effective and it increases turnout at the margin because it gets them to think about the election. Um, you know, some of the message uh, tactics that we use are really concentrated on having them sort of just think about, oh, yeah, like, what is my plan to vote? Or, oh, man, gr- somebody's actually writing me a postcard thanking me for for voting in the upcoming election. So they're not persuading people about voting for Biden over Trump because that's just going to be so baked in. And to do that with a postcard is not going to really resonate. That would have to be a, a face-to-face conversation with somebody that you know or a stranger and really breaking through. And that that's the hard work that that folks do on the ground. Uh, well, yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that you're reminding people, you're, you're basically thanking people for voting. So it's like a little bit of a guilt factor there. It's like, if you don't, you don't deserve that. Thanks. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's say somebody is interested in getting involved uh, with postcards. What sort of time commitment is generally required with this? Well, for our programs, um, you have a lot of time to write the postcards. So we generally start a program months and months before a general election. So we started our program for this year for Virginia and Kentucky in late June, a couple of weeks ago. And the mailing dates for those postcards are in the second half of October. So you have a, a ton of time to do that. For this year, you know, we ask folks to um, to commit to 100 postcards, and you can absolutely share them with um you know, a whole group or, a, you know, somebody else. Um, and if you if you want to write fewer than that, you can always just ask us via email and we're happy to provide, you know, um, fewer voter addresses when you when you go to order postcards. Well, so then tell us what the cost outlay is generally for people who want to get involved. Well, um, postcard stamps are the primary cost outlay, and that's important right now because the cost of postcard stamps is actually going up this Sunday. So it's going from 48 cents per stamp to 51 cents. And just like forever stamps, postcard stamps are good forever. So um, if you're hearing this podcast <laughs> by now, yeah, <laughs> for the ninth, you can go on USPS.com and order stamps as long as you place that order. Um, you don't have to have received them by by July 9th. And then um, for this year, we asked volunteers to provide their own postcards, which is much less expensive than the stamps. Um, and it's always the case if, if people just want to, uh, they want to participate, but they can't, you know, um, they can't commit to sort of paying for stamps or postcards. We have a we have a program where we can provide, you know, free postcards and stamps any year for, for folks that ask. So that's, that's how we're, um, we're always, you know, eager for folks help regardless of a financial commitment. And then next year, every even year, we always do provide free postcards and mail them sort of in bulk to, to groups and individuals that want to participate. Oh, that's that. That's all really great. And, and I think it's wonderful that you uh, are able to essentially subsidize folks who, who want to donate their time but may not be able to uh, meet you with the financial end of things. Um, so before I let you go, um, we all know how the critical the 2024 race is going to be. I mean, we've been touching on this pretty much our entire discussion here. Um, we also know that the presidential election is probably going to come down to, um, you know, a handful of voters in about four or five swing states, same as, as, as last time. So I, I'll just ask you, how are you and the Progressive Turnout Project starting to think about your plans for next year? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, we will be absolutely doing postcards in the key swing states. There's there's five states that Biden won in 2020 that Trump won in 2016, Arizona, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. Um, but we're very likely, as we have a sense of like what our budget will be from from you know all of our money at Progressive Turnout Project is from small dollar grassroots donations. So there's no billionaire writing a check. It's our average contribution, sixteen dollars. So as we sort of um, as we're able to raise money from the same types of folks that are writing postcards. 
you know, we're entirely grassroots funded and grassroots powered in terms of that activism. And, you know, we'd, we'd love to do the pro- a program that goes into North Carolina um, as a swing state and then Nevada, New, uh, New Hampshire, you know, and then beyond just the swing states for the presidential election, we've got to take the House back and hold on to the Senate. So we'll be doing a program that is comprehensive across competitive House races, uh, including, you know, Washington three, sure. potentially Washington eight. And then um, also, you know, the the Senate races that we need to hold on to to keep Democrats in control. Well, we are going to absolutely be circling back with you uh, as we get into 2024. It's going to be a very, very busy year. Uh, so everybody stay tuned for that. But uh, where can people go to sign up, learn more about everything you do? Right. So uh, Postcards of Swing States is part of Progressive Turnout Project. So to go straight to Postcards, um, you know, which should be in the show notes, it's Turnout Pack with the, with no K, um, turnoutpack.org slash postcards. Um, but Progressive Turnout Project is actually the largest direct voter contact organization in the country. And we're all about um, getting Democrats out to vote. We do a canvassing program um, and, you know, we'll potentially be doing a, a relational organizing program where people can um, use a platform that we create and messages that we recommend to reach out to friends and family in parts of Washington. But, you know, for Washington, the, the postcard program is is probably the the easiest way to get plugged in um, for a lot of these swing states across the country in key races. Absolutely. Well, Reed McCollum, as always, thanks so much for everything that you're doing. So appreciate you. And uh, thanks for taking the time today. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thanks to all the volunteers and listeners that are doing their part in, in this grassroots activism that we're all engaged in. And that'll do it for this week. The executive producer of the show is Kat Pipkin. If you'd like to see a video version of this podcast, head to facebook.com slash indivisible podcast. The email address for the show is indivisiblepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to Lori Kowal. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. I'm Stephen Cox, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.